my eyes to see your truth. Please repeat this after me. Lord, open my eyes to see your truth. Lord, open my ears to hear your truth. Lord, open my mind to receive your truth. Lord, open my heart to keep your truth. Let me be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Let me bring forth much fruit to the praise and glory of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Speak, Lord. I will listen and obey. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. First Samuel, chapter 3. And I'm going to read from verse 1 onwards. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, we see Samuel was a boy, he was young, and he was ministering to the Lord. He was ministering. And how was he ministering to the Lord? He was ministering to Eli. So whatever Eli was telling Samuel to do, Samuel was doing it. Thereby, he was ministering the person that God had in the seat that God had kept for him. And as Samuel was there in the house of the Lord, whatever Eli was telling him to do, he was doing as he was doing. Samuel was ministering before God. So while Samuel was ministering before God, something was taking place. The Holy Spirit is speaking to our hearts at this hour. Take note of whatever God is going to speak at this hour because it will apply to you and it's very important. As Samuel was ministering to Eli... Samuel chapter 3 from verse 1 onwards. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Samuel was a boy. He ministered to the Lord before Eli. While there was no widespread revelation, that means God was not telling Samuel, do this, Samuel, do that, Samuel, do this, no. Samuel really didn't know the Lord as you see the Bible. He didn't have any interaction with God directly. But how was he ministering to God? He was ministering to God by ministering to Eli. Whatever Eli was telling him to do in the temple, whatever Eli was telling Samuel to do, Samuel was doing that. As he was doing that, he was ministering to God Almighty. Why? Because God had placed Eli in his place on earth as his representative, as his servant, bearing God's anointing there and sitting in the seat that God has ordained for him to serve his people. So as Eli was serving God and as Eli was giving directions to Samuel, whatever Samuel was doing under Eli's direction, Eli was doing it unto God. He was serving God. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. This is something that you have to really take it very seriously because when God gives you a job to do, it's never going to be, hello, I'm God and I want you to get up at three o'clock and start doing this. No, God will call you and he will give something into your hands through his God-ordained means. When God calls you and gives something into your hands, it is a privilege, first of all. Always understand, serving God is a privilege. The church doesn't benefit from 
your service, you benefit from serving the church. Understand that it's a privilege. It's a privilege for us to serve God. For God to call us and give us a responsibility for us to serve God is an honor from God and also it's a responsibility from God. So when God gives us a job to do, God watches over us. Whatever we are doing, we're doing it for God. Under the God-ordained means that God has kept. So what we're doing, we're not doing it to the pastor, we're not doing the church a favor, we're not doing the pastors a favor, we're not doing even God a favor. We are doing God's work because God has given us the privilege to serve in the house of God. This has to be settled in every single person's heart. It's an honor, it's a privilege, it's a God-given privilege to serve the Lord because only when God calls can we serve and it happens only in God's house. I mean, in a club, anyone can say that, oh, do you have the talent to do that? Come on, let's do it. You're good with arts and crafts? Why don't you do this? You're good with catering? Why don't you do this? You know, you're good with singing? Why don't you do this? Oh, you know how to play play the bass guitar? You can do that. Not in a real house of God. In the real place where God is moving, nothing is done based on people's talents or skills. It's done based on their consecration to God, their dedication to God, the call of God, and God has to commission them and give them jobs to do. This is God's kingdom. So when God calls and he gives someone something to do, when they do it, who watches them? God watches them. God sees their work and God will honor them. God will reward them. And also God will give them more work to do. When we are faithful in what God has called us to do, God will give us more responsibilities. God will give us some more job to do. That means if you are doing well in a school, and if you are a good teacher and if you have experience and, and you have a good record, then you are eligible to apply for, say, assistant school principal. You're eligible to become the head of the department. There are certain criteria for that in an earthly setting. Why? Because you've been counted faithful and you're capable of doing whatever you've been called to do because you did it with your best abilities and with your heart. So when God calls us to do something, God calls us and God entrusts something into our hands and God watches over what we're doing. Whether it's a little child as Samuel or in a, a young person like David or when he was little or like Elisha when he was older, when he was called. Or Peter, when he was older, when he was called, doesn't matter what age it is. The focus here is the call of God. When God calls you to do something, when a job is given to you, when God calls you to do something, God is the one who calls and God is the one who actually gives something into your hands. When you're called by God to do something, you are directly serving God by serving the the. In, in, in Samuel's case, it was priest because it's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, where God places his servants, anointed servants of God, in the place of God to represent him, God places them. As you serve them, you are serving God. And what happens? God is watching over whatever you're doing. So it may be something that you're doing in the, in the sanctuary. You are, you know, cleaning or you are, you know, putting toilet tissue here or, you know, you're moving a table there. You're putting a tablecloth there or you're vacuuming there. Whatever you're doing, God has called you to do that, and 
God has set you there to serve him, God watches over that. God is seeing that with what God has given, how faithful are you in doing God's work? So the point here, the spirit of the Lord is bringing to us is God bringing us into his temple and God giving us a job to do is an honor. It's a privilege. It's something that because God has called us to do, we're able to do either. Otherwise we can't do it. So it's not that we're doing a favor for God or we're doing a favor for the house of God or we're doing a favor for the pastors or, you know, we're, you know, we're doing something, you know, for God in a sense. It is God calling us, God giving it to us. And it's a privilege that we're serving God. And in the process, God blesses us. It's a, you know, if you look at a flower pot or a jug that needs to be put to use, unless someone comes and takes it and fills it, it's going to be sitting without any use. When it's being used, the pot cannot say, hey, I'm being used and you, you know, without me, you can't do nothing. No, because the person can get another pot. So it's not the pot. It is the person who is giving the pot the opportunity to be used for whatever purpose it is at the same time. If it's an honorable vessel, it's a whole different thing. If it's a beautiful vessel, it's a golden vessel. It's only one piece that is left there. That's where the spirit of the Lord is moving you to become that honorable vessel. If it's that one piece that you want and you see it and you get it. And this is what you want. You're willing to pay whatever it is for that. It's like the ukulele that had, or an instrument that we really want to get. And you go to a store and if you're a musician, you know, and you hear it and you know that sound and you want that instrument or what, no matter what it is, you want to buy it. Because as good as a musician is, when the instrument is good, it's going to make it even better. And so when an instrument is valuable to God, it becomes an asset to the kingdom of heaven. So from being someone that God gives the privilege of serving and he still continues to give, give us the privilege of serving, moving from being someone who is getting the privilege to serve from that place to becoming an asset in the kingdom of heaven is what God wants to speak to your hearts at this hour. How to get, fr- get from being someone who gets the privilege of serving God and saying, Lord, I want to serve you and I thank you for giving me the opportunity to serve you to becoming an asset in the kingdom of God. That means God will do anything and everything to keep you there in order to do his will because you're valuable to his kingdom. God is Looking for people like that. God is looking for people who be loyal towards him. God is looking for people who will do his will and will prove themselves to be assets in God's kingdom where God can actually give more into their hands. And he can say, this is a valuable vessel of mine. You know, for Abraham, Eliezer was a valuable uh, servant. Someone who is dependable where Abraham was not able to go. Eliezer was the only person who was able to go. So Eliezer was someone who was very valuable to Abraham. He can actually say, okay, that servant over there, you know, he is useful. You know, he can help with, you know, the dishes over there, the pots over there, or the carrying loads over there. But you know what? Another servant can do the same thing, but not what Eliezer does. So there's a distinction there when it comes to becoming a valuable asset in the kingdom of heaven. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. How did Samuel go from where he was a little boy who was ministering before God Almighty 
by ministering to Eli, his servant. Two, becoming an asset to God, an asset to the nation of Israel. Someone that God will be so joyfully, proudly be able to mention his name upon his lips. God is speaking to hearts this hour. The boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Before the God ordained means. That means in the eyes of Eli, this boy Samuel was doing everything that Eli told him to do. Everything. Not to say, oh, well, I don't feel this is right, Eli. I don't feel that this is good. I mean, my legs are hurting. My eyes are hurting. Well, Eli, you call me at 3 a.m. I can't do this. That was not Samuel. Otherwise, he wouldn't have become the prophet Samuel. Samuel was someone who did whatever he was told to do, whenever he was told to do, whatever he was told to do. God is looking for obedient people, not talented people. Talents are a bonus. God can use that if you have. But God can use people who don't have talents because he can give talents to them. One quality that God is really looking for is obedience. And let me tell you this. Obedience will not come without humility. Real obedience will come with humility. Humility and obedience, they go hand in hand. You know, they're like inseparable. They're glued together. It's like two sides of the coin. When humility is there, obedience will be there. It's not the other way around. When humility is there, obedience is there. Obedience will be there. True humility will obey. When humility is there, obedience will be there. Now, Samuel was a young boy. And he ministered to the Lord before Eli. And now, a description of how he ministered is written here in chapter 3. He he might have done so many different things, but this alone is enough for us to know how Samuel ministered before God. Let me tell you this. If you really want to become someone who is useful in the hands of God, if you really want someone who really shine for God, if you really want to become someone who be on fire for God, if you really want someone who will carry the fire of God, you have to be that someone who will obey God and godly authority that God has placed upon your life in all things. I want to emphasize the words in all things. That humility to do what God has called us to do. Humility to obey. Whatever God has placed over us. That's the first step. It's the beautiful and the best step someone can take. When humility is there, not to externally say, I will do, like Jesus said, there were two sons who were called to do the work by the father. One said, I will go right away, and he didn't go. And the other one said, I won't go. And, and after that, he regretted, and he went. And he said, the second one who went is better than the first one who said, I will, and he didn't go. But the best way is for you to say, I will go and go. That's the first. That's the first level of people that God will actually look for greater things. Not for people who say, I won't go and then I'll go. I won't go and then I'll go. There are people who, you know, who all the time, God, repent and repent and repent. And they'll go and say, Lord, I will do it. And then they will go and do it. And then next time when God calls, they will rebel and then repent and then go and I'll do it. There's a place for that. God puts them in a separate place where the rest of the people are given some jobs to do. But the people who will really get to where God wants them to be, to become dependable, trustworthy people in the kingdom of heaven, 
will be people who will clothe themselves in humility and will be willing and ready to do anything and everything that God will call them to do through the God-ordained authority that God has placed on our lives. If we don't understand the importance and value of spiritual authority that God placed, God has placed on our lives, on this side of eternity, we're never going to become anything. God will never give us any kind of authority if we are not given over to submitting ourselves to God-given authority on earth. We will not be given anything. Whatever we need to do, we need to receive from heaven the authority that we need to have in order for us to excel in the kingdom of heaven. That means in order for the kingdom of darkness to depart, in order for you to be able to even win souls, in order for you to become an overcomer, you have to go against the forces of darkness. No person who is rebellious can go against the forces of darkness because you know what? Your rebellion is partnership with the rebellious spirits out there. Your pride partners with the proud spirits that are out there. No rebellious, disobedient person can actually go against the forces of darkness because your boss will be Satan at that point. But when you humble yourself, you actually go against the kingdom of darkness because grace is given. You humble yourself and you receive the grace of God and you obey what God has spoken to you and you submit yourself to the spiritual authorities that God has placed over your life. Then at that point, what will happen is God will see your faithfulness and God will give you the authority that you need over the powers of darkness. If you don't obey the authority, spiritual authority that God has placed over your life here, he's not going to give you any kind of authority over the powers of darkness. This is the fact. This is the fact. Jesus has written, God has written in his word, in the epistle of John through the Holy Spirit, that if you don't love your brother that you see with your physical eyes, how will you love God whom you don't see? How can you? How can you love God whom you don't see? If you don't love your brother that you can see with your eyes, how can you love God who you don't see? If you cannot submit yourself to the spiritual authority that God has placed, which God says, this is my representative, obey him, like how God told the people, this is my beloved son, listen to him. God has placed people on earth where God says, my anointing, my spirit rests upon them. When they speak, I'm speaking through them. Listen to them. When they give you a job, I'm giving it through them to you. Listen to them. When you reject that or rebel against that, what happens is, he cannot give anything into your hands because you are not trustworthy at that point. No rebellious person will be eligible to have any authority from God because you're not under any authority yourself. So submitting ourselves to the God-given authority, spiritual authorities that God has placed over our lives is number one requirement. Eligibility that God will look for in order to bless you in order to cause you to become useful in the hands of the Almighty God. Now, when there was no revelation that was there, that means no widespread revelation. That means people were not seeing visions. People were not, you know, getting the messages from God. No angels were coming. No visions were coming. No audible voice, nothing. At that time, Samuel was ministering to God. How was he ministering to God? Through the God-ordained means that God had. While he was ministering to God, something happened. Now let's go to verse 2. And it came to pass at that time. When? When people were not seeing anything outwardly, but someone is really serving God here, little fellow over here, who is pleasing God by being an obedient little servant who is serving Eli, the priest over there, who has been seated in the seat that God has placed him as a servant of God over the nation of Israel. 
Samuel is very close over there to Eli. Whatever Eli says, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And he's doing it with reverence and obedience. You see the reverence in the next few verses. How he has a humility, he has a reverence and the obedience, the spirit of obedience that was upon Samuel. And so it came to pass at that time, at that time when there were no widespread revelation there, while Eli was lying down, Eli was lying down here, and he's lying down in his place with his eyes, when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, that means his vision was almost gone, he couldn't really see, that means maybe everything was fuzzy, we don't know, he really couldn't see. It was so dim, it says, the Bible doesn't say that he became blind, it says it was so dim that he really couldn't see. See, you can really see when you can really see who it is and tell. You, I can, you know, if you see on the paper without glasses, if you just see like, like just like a black line, not even the line clear, but something fuzzy, but you don't know what it is, you're almost blind. But you wear your glasses and you can actually read. So having vision to see and having the dim vision where you really can't see is almost like blind. And that's how Eli was. He really couldn't see because his vision became so dim. And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, while Samuel was lying down, which place? Where Eli was and where the lamp was and where the ark of the Lord was. That's where Samuel is. Samuel didn't say, well, let me be next to all the kids out there. Why should I be doing this work? I'm not allowed to grow up as a kid. There are some people like that. Always mourn and wail over what they don't have. Totally miss out on what they have. Oh, my kids don't have that. Oh, my my husband doesn't have that. My wife doesn't have that. I don't have that. We don't have that. What do you have? Samuel was not running around with other kids. Samuel was not with other family members. He was not with his mommy. He was not with his daddy. But he's there, little Samuel, in the house of the Lord, dedicated to God. His whole focus was to serve God. He was not like the rest of the children. That is why he became the prophet in Israel. That's why. If you would have been running around with, you know, the rest of the kids and, you know, hopping around and skipping around and playing around and not serving God, he wouldn't have become prophet Samuel. There's a price to pay, always remember. If you want to serve God the way God wants you to be, which is, an exception, a valuable asset in God's kingdom, then you need to know what you want and follow that. You need to have a goal and follow that. Everything and the things of the earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Once you get the glimpse of the glory of God, Everything will go strangely dim as it did for Apostle Paul. That's why Apostle Paul became Apostle Paul. One who wrote so many chapters of our New Testament. So you see here, Samuel is there with this elderly priest who really can see but Samuel is serving this priest and thereby serving God. And he's lying down there. And while he's lying down, that the Lord called Samuel, he answered, here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. What is he doing? 
When he lay down, that little body, you know how tired it was, lying down. Huh, I just finished all my work. Now I'm going to sleep like I usually do. And he would have just laid down. When he laid down, after he laid down, it was not when he was working. If, if you're working and someone says, okay, one more thing, I got to finish and then I'll lay down. But this is after he laid down. God comes and calls Samuel. God said, Samuel, oh, what an honor it is to hear our names in the mouth of God Almighty. God was watching Samuel every single day, every time he took that water jug, every time he went and lit the candle, every time, whatever he did, every time he went and, you know, pressed Eli's feet or whatever Eli wanted, whatever place that he, you know, brought to Eli, whatever he was doing in the house of God, sweeping and, you know, whatever he was doing, God was watching him all the time. Every time Eli would say, my boy, do this, he'll go and do that. And he'll come and say, what more do I have to do, father? He'll say, go do this, go, he'll go and do this. What more? He was someone who was... Like that. Running. Ran. That's why even after he laid down, when he heard his name from the mouth of the priest, that he thought it was the priest calling him. He got up and he ran. That was his nature. He didn't get up. Oh, boy, he's calling. There are a lot of people at that time that pretend like they don't hear. Pull the car a little more and pretend like you're sleeping. Don't you know I just fell asleep? I just fell asleep. I was so tired. No. Samuel was not like that. The moment his voice, his name was called. The moment the voice of Eli was heard. Immediately he answered and he ran. He said, here I am. And he ran and said, here I am for you called me. What a delight. What a delight to God. What a delight to the priests. What a delight. If someone says children will be disobedient, children will be rebellious, I disagree wholeheartedly. Because there are many, many people in God's time and in our time who are obedient. Anytime you tell them to do it, they will do it. Because they know who God is. Because they've given themselves to the Lord where the nature of God is working in them. Where the spirit of God is working in them, even as little as they are, they don't even know what is happening to them, but they're doing what God wants them to do. And God is growing them. See, there's a process. As you serve God faithfully, as you serve God wholeheartedly, as you serve God humbly, something happens as a transaction that takes place. You serve God and God pours into you. Serve. What is he pouring into you? Money? He will give what you need, but that's not the biggest thing. What he pours into you is grace to do more for him. That cannot be got by money. Grace to do more for him cannot be earned by degrees. Grace to do more for him cannot be earned by someone's recommendation. Cannot. Grace to do more for God comes from being faithful to God and what God has given As you do for God faithfully, and that becomes your priority, God will pour more into you, give you the grace to do that which God has called you to do. Extraordinary grace. That means before he can give you something, he'll equip you for that. And when he knows you're ready for that, 
He will provide for you for that. There's a prophecy. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. As you're faithful to God in doing what God has called you to do, he will equip you for greater purposes and he will provide for you to accomplish that task that God has in front of you. So now, Eli calls, so to speak. It's not Eli God is calling, but Samuel thinks it's Eli calling. And he runs to Eli. So here I am. And he runs. He's not just slowly getting out, dragging himself and saying, I got to go. Wish I, he didn't call me now. What does he want again? And God said, did you call me? I'm tired. No. He said, here I am. You see the enthusiasm in his voice. Ready to serve God day or night. Ready to serve the priest day or night. Character of gold. We call that. And those are the people God is looking for. Ready to do whatever God tells you to do, no matter when he calls you to do. So God is calling him. Samuel. And he's calling him in the voice of Eli. Many times God will call us and speak to us through our pastors, through when I say pastors, not people who just go to some, some school and take the call of God as a job. This is talking about people who are really ordained by God, people who are really, really walking with God, people who really bear the anointing of God, that you know that God is with them and God has anointed them because he stands with them to prove their call. God is there and his word is in operation. See over here. Eli's voice is coming through God. God is not speaking in his own voice. He's speaking in Eli's voice. He's God. He can do anything. So as God is speaking to Samuel, he sounded just like Eli. doesn't mean that God sounds like Eli. No. To communicate with the child, there's a test that's there. Eli is calling, but it's God calling. How are you going to respond? When God calls you to do something through God-ordained authority that God has placed over you, how will you respond at that time? Well, he said that, well, this is not important to me. Well, what I want to do is more important than what you ask me to do. And so I'll do what I want to do. God will say, well, I'll go to the next person. God is speaking to our hearts at this hour. God is looking for people who are humble enough to be obedient enough to be enthusiastic enough to do what God has called to do. Those are the ones, whomever God has called to do, those are the ones who will be called by God for greater purposes. Now, in this test, Samuel passes. God comes and calls Samuel in Eli's voice. And Samuel gets up and he runs to Eli. Well, if Samuel would have known it's God, then he would have responded the way he did. But the greatest part here is it was not God's voice. It was Eli's voice God used to call him. It was a test and he passed that. He was a young child. God could have just said, Samuel, I'm God. And this was going to happen. I won't tell you this. No. This is something God is doing before God pulls him into that prophetic call. Where God was going to take him and sit him on that prophetic seat. He's been obeying, 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 obeying. Now there's an ultimate test of that obedience that comes. 
And that ultimate test is given. And what happens here? Samuel passes that test. God is speaking to our hearts today. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. Without humility, no one shall receive grace from God. For God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Now, he goes to Eli and he says to Eli, you called me. And he said, I did not call. Lie down. And he went and lay down. That was it. He was not saying that, no, I really heard you call me. And they were not standing there arguing for two minutes over there. No, I didn't call. Yes, you called. No, I no, no, none of those. A child who's obedient, if he says, go back and lie down, that's it. He just went and he laid down. That's it. That's it. He knew that Eli was the boss here. He calls, I come. He says, go back, I go back. That's it. You don't sit there and try to be the boss there. You know, many Christians are like that. Many believers are like that. Many people don't know their place in the house of God. They really don't. They were never taught, never cared to know. They don't read the word of God. But God is teaching our church. This is very important. Key, a key principle that is necessary for the spiritual growth of every single believer is to understand the importance and significance of the spiritual authorities that God has placed over your life, beginning with your pastors. Importance to understand and recognize the anointing of God that is over your pastors, if they are anointed of God. And when you're called to do something, how are you? And also any interactions in your conversations, how are you? Very important. Now you see Samuel here, why he became the prophet of God. How did he become the prophet of God? Because God didn't find anyone else? Absolutely. Because he didn't find anyone else as obedient as Samuel. Just like how Moses was the meekest in all his household, God saw Samuel to be the most obedient in all of Israel. Someone who will do whatever God would tell them to do. Tell him to do. So, when God called Samuel in Eli's voice, Samuel ran. When Eli said, I didn't call you, go back and lay down. He just went and laid down. Now, verse 6. Then the Lord called yet again Samuel, second time. Round number two. You know how if you go to interviews, sometimes they'll have round one, round two, and round three. God is interviewing Samuel here. Samuel doesn't even know there's a selection process that is going on here from heaven. Heaven is involving Samuel here. A call that is coming. But before that, there's a screening that is taking place because the call of God is very serious. And it's, it is a very high call. It's not an ordinary call. You know, people use the word prophet and prof- prophets and prophetess so casually. It's, it really scares me. Oh, I'm a prophet. Well, they'll be cursing. Oh, I'm also a prophet. God speaks to me too. I just, I'm scared. I keep quiet when I hear those things. It's a high call. It's a very high call. To be the mouth of God is not an ordinary thing. It's a very high call. I'm not talking about anyone and everyone who calls themselves apostles and prophets. 
No. This is about people who are really called of God. And God is calling Samuel here. And imagine all heaven would be watching. Think about this. All of them will be saying, oh, this little one, as cute as he would have been, so obedient. That was so attractive to God. If you look at the Bible, God's word says, a meek and a gentle spirit is very attractive to God. You want to be attractive to God. This is very important. Not a boisterous, feisty, arrogant, proud. Oh, no. It'll just turn God away from you. My rights. I will fight for my rights. Many people are like that. I have a voice. I need to be heard. You can't hear God's voice. And no one can hear God's voice through you. If you're so full of yourself. I have to be seen. I can't be like this hidden all the time. This person is always in front and I'm always in the back. Oh, it's about you. If God wants you to be in the background, then you should. If God sees you fit, then he'll bring you to the front if there's any purpose to it. When we make the kingdom of God about ourselves. Oh, they don't let me serve here and they don't give me the opportunity there. Well, why come in the house of God? Is it about God or is it about you? Very important. When people make the house of God about themselves, they've missed the most important person who's God himself. When you bring yourself into the picture, remember, you remove God out of it at that point. If God wants you, he will call you. If he needs you, he will call you. Now, that's where the glory is. Because if he calls you, then he will equip you. If he calls you, then he will provide for you. That's where the glory is. Now, God is calling now Samuel the second time. God called yet again. How did he call? Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said again, Here I am, for you called me. This child, second time he's hearing this. Oh, he called my name. So he ran and he went to Eli and said, you called me. He knew for sure. Eli called, you called me. I heard you call me. You called me. And so that was this. He called me. That means he's in need. He wants me to do something. Lord, what do you want me to do? That was his attitude when he went to Eli. Here I am. For you called me. He answered, I did not call my son. Lie down. So now, second time. After he came running to him, he said, Go back and lie down. I didn't call you. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. This is a very important scripture. Understand this. This is connection with verse 1. Very important. Samuel was ministering to the Lord not knowing. That means it's not that he didn't know the God of Israel. It talks about he didn't have that one-on-one communication when it comes to receiving revelations and hearing the voice of God and knowing God as a prophet. He really didn't know the voice of God and he didn't know that God was going to say something. He never received any dream, any vision, nothing prior to this. There was no contact with heaven's realm when it comes to getting the information from God or God assigning anything for him to do directly from God. Nothing. 
So this is his first encounter with the supernatural one. Not knowing that he's having an encounter with the supernatural one. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible. It says, many people have entertained angels without knowing. There are many kinds of tests that will happen. Many times God will call and tell you to do certain things because it's a test for you to see if you'll pass. At that time, some people will play smart and they'll completely fail. It's important to have humility and do exactly what you're told to do. That's all. When it comes to your spiritual authority that God has placed, always remember, they're the ones who tell you what to do and you do it. It's not the other way around. When they tell you to do something, it's very important to do it, even if it looks like. It doesn't make any sense. Always know that. If the Lord leads your spiritual authorities that God has placed over you to have you do something, even if it doesn't make sense, which it will not make sense to you because God's mind is bigger than yours. What he's telling you to do, it's important for you to do it. Because many times, if not all the time, after you're done, then you will know why he told you to do. Because he doesn't want you to know ahead of time because then how will it be a test? If you know the answers to the questions already, if the answers to your test is already given to you, how can it be a test? It can't. So God is calling Samuel again the second time and Eli says, go back and lay down the second time. And there's a time where the Spirit of God is recorded in His Word. But Samuel did not have any revelation or anything from God where you know, he prayed and God spoke and nothing like that. So, you see in the beginning saying that there was no widespread revelation anywhere else. And then we see it narrowing, narrowing it down to Samuel that even Samuel didn't get any revelation. So you really didn't know how God would act and how God would reveal and none of those things. And during that time, God comes to him and he calls him. So, second round is over. Samuel passed the test. Now, the third time. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. <laughs> the third time he's running and saying, You definitely called me. I really heard you. I'm not just dreaming. I really heard you. He didn't go and tell him, I'm not just dreaming. He knew that he was talking to a man of God. So he was very, very careful in his speech. He had that reverence. It's very important for us to have that. Not just blurt anything and everything. That reverence for the God-given authorities that God has placed over you. To really measure your words when you speak is very important. Very, very important. And Samuel was here. He said, here I am. For you did call me. That sentence says, you called me the third time. Then Eli perceived. So now third time when he came, he passed the test. Now the Spirit of God is working in Eli here. He perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Who's giving that knowledge to Eli? It's God who's placed Eli there. So there's the move of the Holy Spirit that is taking place in Eli, knowing that this is God who is working now, who is at work now. Now, say this or tell Samuel to do this. It's the Spirit of God. The anointing of God that is upon Eli is at work at this place. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you. That you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. 
it goes back again. And he went and lay down. So third time he goes back and he lays down before that. A very clear instruction from the Spirit of God through the anointing of God that is upon Eli has been released to Samuel. And Samuel took that command. He was a boy who knew how to obey, how to honor, what it means to have the reverence for God's anointed authorities that God has placed over his life. So now he went and he laid down. So he's been told something to do. He went and he laid down. He didn't say, well, who do you think is that Eli? You know, it's very typical for little kids to ask hundred questions and hundred thousand questions. But this child knew how to obey very much. When he was told, go back and lie down, this is what you should say. No questions asked whatsoever. Knew to obey instantaneously. He went back and he laid down. Didn't say, well, it sounded like you. If you didn't call, who is he who has your voice and all those things. Many, many times, many parents make the biggest mistake when it comes to raising their children. Treat them like adults. Give them too much information. Treat them like co-equals. Where the kid has no idea of what it means to be under parental authority. They don't even know what authority means. They think that they are co-equals and partners because parents themselves don't know what it means to be under authority. So the kid will grow up, boy or girl, arguing and talking and parents argue. And before they do one thing, parents have to t- say 10 things. After they say 10 things, then the child will go, mm, 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 then walk around and go do it. And when they do it, mom and dad feel so proud. They say, wow, my kid, listen, finally. You know, one of the signs of end times is disobedient to parents. Believers' children shouldn't be like that. Unbelievers can be like that because the spirit of disobedience is all over now. But God's people and their children should be raised in the ways of the Almighty God. That means parents should have obedient spirits and that obedient spirit will be transferred, should be transferred to your children. And they need to grow up in the obedience fear, and admonition of the Lord God Almighty. But they should know what it means to submit to the God-given authority. If it's parents, parental authority. We need to have that understanding that this is important. Not to ask 10,000 questions. To obey is not to answer 100 different answers and finally they go because they understood. That's not faith, you see. That means your child doesn't have full faith and wants to know everything before. There are times you give reasons when it's necessary. But most of the times when you tell them they should be children who obey instantaneously. And those are children God can actually use. When you tell them go north, they should go north. When you tell them go south, they should go south. And for that to happen, you should be led by the Spirit of God. Very important. You be parents who walk with God. Don't misguide your children. You be parents who will do the right thing before God. Eli was someone who was led by God. And when the Lord moved him to say what he needed to tell Samuel, he told him what he needed to tell him. And that steered him into the right direction. Caused him to enter into the call that God had. And not because of a one-time confession, but because of a lifestyle of obedience. It's very important. 
If you want to inherit that which God wants you to, if you want your children to inherit that which God wants them to, then it's very important for you to understand the importance of God-given authority that is placed over you and for your children to understand God-given authority that is placed over them. Their children need to honor their father and mother. Children need to honor the God-given authority that's placed over their lives. Very important. It's very, very important. You know, and Samuel was someone who obeyed God in all things by obeying Eli, God had placed over him. Now, the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. This time, he's calling twice. The other times it was Samuel. Now it's Samuel, Samuel. This is the final call of God because the test is over. Now God is there to talk to him. The other times, it was a test. Now he passed the test and God is there to really talk to him. And when will God speak? God will speak when you're ready to listen. The Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, Speak for your servant hears. Speak for your servant hears. The moment he said that, the moment he said, Lord, you tell me, I'll listen. That listen is not, well, you can tell and I will hear everything that you say. So that I can get the information. No. That listen. Listen means obey. Listen means obey. When Jesus says in his parables and in his teachings where he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Or he says the same thing in the book of Revelation. He who has ears, let him hear. That hear or listen is not just to hear whatever he is saying like a story. No. But it is translated into obedience you say lord i will do it you say lord i will do it you say lord i will do it and so here the lord comes to samuel and he called samuel samuel because god heard what eli said it was god who was working in eli to direct samuel to say what he needed to to pray the kind of prayer that he should pray now samuel took it very seriously Samuel said, well, maybe Eli's half asleep and I'm going to go to sleep and he doesn't go to sleep. He went there expecting God to speak. That means he's going to call again. When he calls, I'm going to say, you know, he was so little. He could have just gone back while Eli was telling, speak for your servant, listen, speak for your servant, listen, speak for your servant, listen. He could have been telling himself that when he calls me again, I'm going to say, speak for your servant, listen. That's how diligent. He was a young child. When God called him, how do you know we would have done that? When he called him, he said exactly what Eli told him to say. The moment he said that, that was it for God, because God was waiting to talk to him. He said, this is a special child. I can't wait to talk to Samuel. I can't wait to open my heart to Samuel because I have nobody to share my heart with. Do you know God is looking to share his heart with people? But there's nobody. When I say nobody, very few. God is looking to share his heart with people. But you know, people are like occupied with so many different things. Their heart is just overfull with the cares of the world. And heart is overfull with the pleasures of this world. Heart is overfull with deceit. Heart is overfull with pride and jealousy and anger and the works of the flesh. And God can't even go near. And whatever they think in their minds, they think that God is speaking. There are a lot of people like that. Whatever they want to do, do they'll say, God is telling me to do. And if they want to manipulate someone, they'll use God's name. Oh, it's a very dangerous thing. 
It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Never use the name of the Lord unless you know for sure that God told you. Otherwise, it's safe to say I had a prompting in my heart or I had a nudge or I had a strong feeling or strong urge. And I had this push in my spirit in this direction. You can say that to be safe. Unless you really know that God told you to be very careful. Because every desire or every thought can be translated into God says, God says, God says. Like I said once before, there was this woman who came to her house many years ago, probably seven years ago. Two, three times she wrote to me and then she came to my house with the husband and with the kids. She came and she sat and um, she said, well, I asked God, when the pacifier falls down, it falls down. Before she takes the pacifier to wash, she will ask, God, should I wash the pacifier or not? And she said, there are times God will say, wash, and she'll go and wash. And there are times God will say, you don't have to wash, and she'll just take that and stuff it in the child's mouth. I was thinking, oh no. Oh no, common sense is, if it touches the ground, you wash it. It has all the germs from everybody walking on the floor. And you're going to take that and put it in the child's mouth because God said it. Will God say it? God has given common sense. Very dangerous. How can someone get deluded to that extent? When they simply take anything and everything and says, God says, God says, God says, then there are demons that take over. And they'll say, God said, God said, God said. They will give false experiences and false words. We have to be very careful. Very careful. The Lord wanted to talk to Samuel. But Samuel was someone who was obedient to God and what God had shown him. All he knew was Eli. All he heard was Eli. And whatever Eli told him to do, he did it with all his heart. Whenever he was called. And God said, I want to see this boy. He said, I want to talk to this boy. I can't wait to talk to him. Because he's the only one who will listen. It's sad in a way. Very sad. He's the only one who will listen. Will he be that only one who will listen? God is anxious, burdened to share his heart with those will listen but you really can't listen if you have other things in your ears so stuff that it's coming out of your ears that you can't take anything in because there's no room whatsoever Samuel had a lot of space he had nothing in there because whatever he was told he did and he had more room you want to tell me more give me more I'll do it whatever you want I will do it Faithful little Samuel. God came to this little Samuel. And then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Now we can read the rest on our own. That's not the focus for today. The focus is whatever God has told you to do, whether it's Sunday service, whether it's the Bible study, 
whether it's the morning course, whatever God is teaching you, God is speaking to you about. Be diligent. I want to close with a scripture. Do you see a man diligent in his business? In Proverbs, it says this. God says this in the book of Proverbs. Through his spirit. Do you see a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. It was fulfilled in Samuel's life. He was diligent in whatever was given to him. And he did it with all his heart. He had such regard for the servant of God. Such regard for whatever came from him for Samuel to do. He stood before kings. He anointed kings. The Bible says he will not stand before mean men. He will stand before kings and not stand before mean men. God is speaking to our hearts today. Whatever God wants to do in this month of August, it's a glorious month, by the way. New springs will come up. That's what the Holy Spirit is showing me. New well springs will come up. New ministries will come up. New work of the Lord will come up. And God will cause it to be combined together as one river, flourishing and nourishing many, many people. Doesn't mean that everything will happen in August itself. When God speaks, it's something that is moved by the Holy Spirit and something gets started. And then it'll expand and expand and expand and expand and expand. So don't expect everything to get done in August and say that God said new springs will come and new springs will come. That'll come for sure. It will begin. But don't expect everything to end in August because if it ends in August, it can't be big. What God does is huge. If it begins now, it'll continue until it becomes mighty through God. To the pulling down of every stronghold. Whatever the enemy will bring, this giant bulldozer of the Lord will come and bring everything down. That's the power of God. That's the power of God's people who work with one heart, with one mind, with one ambition and one goal, which is to please the one king that we have, who is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. If you want to fulfill what God has for you, the call of God, which each one of you have, that's why you're here. If you want to fulfill the call of God that God has for you, then the very same God who called Samuel is calling you today. In the voice of your shepherd, he's calling you today and he's telling you, Clothe yourself with humility. Get up and get to work. Do the will of the Father. Do your work. Do your God-given work that God has given. Whatever God has given to you, don't treat it lightly because it will be taken away from you. Take the word of God very seriously. Take the work of God very seriously because if he gives it to you, it is priceless. It carries eternal value, eternal worth. May God speak to your hearts this hour. Before God can do something 
to take you into where you need to be to do more for him to cause you to transition from point A to point B to be a blessed thing to a greater number of people it is important for you to acquire this wealth called obedience that comes from humility and reverence to God and reverence to God given authority God has placed over you as you yield your thought to this golden principle your life will take shape and form and will become everything that God has called you to become that the blueprint that God has for you will not just remain as a blueprint but will actually be executed in reality that you will bring great joy to God just as Samuel did bring great glory and honor to God as Samuel did and fulfill your purpose on earth before your time on earth will be over shall we close our eyes and look to the lord thank you jesus 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 obedience that comes from humility and reverence to god given authority that god has placed over your life will yield the rich dividends Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Lord for teaching us eternal principles. Truths that contain eternal value. Father. We need you more than life itself. Lord, we need you more than life itself. Lord, we need you more than life itself. We need you more than life itself. Father, we need you more than life itself. Father, we need you more than life itself. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for this great privilege that you've given us to serve you. In whichever capacity you've called us to serve you, Father, help us to humbly, faithfully, joyfully serve you, Lord. Bless your people this night. Oh Lord, whatever you've given into their hands, may they do it with all their might. Whether it's sharing their testimony with others, inviting people to church, may they do it with all their might. Hallelujah. As unto the Lord, not unto man. Hallelujah. Oh, co-laboring with the Lord Jesus Christ is the highest privilege. And I pray may your people Whatever you've given into their hands, oh Lord, do it with great joy and with great trembling. Knowing that you're watching. You're watching to do good to them. Hallelujah. That they may be counted worthy to be given more, Father. Thank you, Lord. As Apostle Paul says, he counted me worthy to call me into this ministry. I pray every single person become worthy all by being obedient and faithful 
with true humility from the inward parts of the being, that they may know the value what, of what it means to truly obey the God-given authority that God has placed over their lives, that they may be obedient in all things so that you may bless them in all things. So as you serve in standing in the presence of God, before the throne of God, according to the power and authority given to me by the Almighty God, I bless your people with all your blessings pertaining to life and godliness in Jesus. That this word that you released over their lives, O Lord, may be understood, may be kept deep within their spirits, may be lived out for the rest of their lives, that they may go from glory to glory, that you may find them faithful and entrust more into their hands. As you blessed Samuel, may you bless your people, oh God. With this blessing, I bless them with. And I thank you for doing it. In Jesus' most precious name, I pray. Amen.